This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Talking Dirty over at East Ruston Old Vicarage. Looking absolutely gorgeous in green, which I think is his favourite colour, is Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and ever more handsome horticulturalist. <laughs> you old flatter you over in Cambridge. You have Thordis Maria Sophia Friedrichsen. You look glowing today, I have to say, you really do. Yeah, I'm always just running around, you know, headless chicken. Our guest on the podcast today is somebody who possibly has been mentioned on almost every episode. Uh, It was about time we got her on. It is the owner of Special Plants, Derry Watkins. Welcome to Talking Dirty. Hello. (laughs) Now, now that we've, you know, incorporated our middle names into every episode. We feel like we need to ask all of our guests about their middle names. So do you have one? I do, but nobody else has it. It's only my own personal private name. (laughs) My father invented it. Oh. I'm called Derry, but my actual name is, uh, my actual middle name is Daryl, D-E-R-Y-L-L. There is a boy's name with an A, I think, D-A-R-Y-L-L, but my father made it D-E-R-Y-L-L and called me Elizabeth Daryl. Nobody's ever called me Elizabeth in my entire life, but uh, <laughs> Derry, I remain. So that is the root of Derry. I mean, it's a great yeah. name. Derry Watkins, you sound like you should be famous. <laughs> she is. It's easy to remember, that's true. Yeah. Short and sweet, but weird. <laughs> Now, I, I said that we've mentioned you so many times because, of course, lots of our guests on the podcast have got their seeds from you or their Flomo is a plant that you uh, make available. So tell us a little bit about special plants for people who don't know about it. Well, special plants, uh, it's basically started out as uh, an, the, the nursery that I wanted to go to. Right. The, the, I wanted to make a nursery that I desperately wanted to go to. Every single plant was unbelievably desirable and not re- usually available. Plants that you'd never see anywhere else, but really beautiful plants. I didn't mind whether they were hardy or tender, easy to grow or hard to grow. As long as they were beautiful and slightly off the beaten track, then I was going to try to grow them. Uh, and it's just grown and grown. I started off mainly with tender plants, uh, things that you had to bring in for the winter which is actually my first love. I mean, I just don't know what it is about tender plants that make me go, oh, I just go weak at the knees at the thought of these beautiful, beautiful plants. And they're particularly wonderful because they go on and on blooming. They don't understand that winter is coming. So they just carry right on blooming. They never get ready for winter. They just die when the frost comes. Uh, So if you're willing to take them in for the winter or just buy a new one next spring, you get easily five or six months of gorgeous flowers off them. And so that's really appealing to me. Nowadays, we sell loads and loads of hardy plants as well. We probably sell more hardy plants than tender plants, but we still have a lot of beautiful tender things. I've never heard it described like that. And that makes so much sense. You know, they don't prepare for winter. They just give and give and give. And if you can either look after them or get a new one, then why not grow them? And and Alan, I know, and I don't want to put you on the spot and ask what memorable things have you bought from special plants? But obviously it's, it's a, it's a place that you've got lots of things from over the years. 
Oh, yes. I mean, I have. But I mean, I, the, my list is really, really long. And Derry knows that from what, what, what she supplied me with. Um, and one of the things that she supplied me with last year was an old favourite of both of ours, I think. Um, and it's an Argaranthemum called Jamaica Primrose. And this has virtually been um, superseded by lots of modern varieties. And of course, everybody loves something new. So they rush out and say, yes, we must have that. It's new. We've got to get it and all the rest. Of it. And then they suddenly realise that the old one was the best one of all. Um, and so I've managed to get that back. And as Derry says, it just goes on and on and on. It doesn't know when the cold weather is coming and it's going to die. But last year it didn't die. And so we it had didn't die. Lovely... It just went on blooming all winter. It was ridiculous. Exactly. We had these lovely creamy Six yellow. Six foot tall, hard <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a giant. But the and the other thing that stands out in my mind is this weird little red petunia that people think often is yeah. a. It's the Nicotiana, but I mean, it's not. They're related, but it's, it's um, uh, Petunia excerta, which comes from South America. Um, and interestingly enough, it, I think it, it blooms in shade or grows in shade in South, uh, South America, where it's pollinated by hummingbirds, I believe. That's why it's red. Oh, to, to attract, attract the hummingbirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing I wondered is what the temperature is like where it grows. Do you know that, Derry, or not? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I think it's almost rainforest. Um, I think it's quite warm. It's not. You know, well, it's not a chilly place. It certainly dies in the winter. If I put it in the shade in drafty old Norfolk, it wouldn't do so well. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I've I've grown it where it didn't have full full sun, but it got a good for five hours of sun. Yeah, and it yeah. was ha very happy there. I've never tried it in more shade, but you have a go. <laughs> Why not? You know, I mean, you know, the, the plant only has two chances. It can live or die. It can choose. And since it's from seed, you're going to get loads of them anyway. Exactly. But it crosses readily with other petunias, I believe. Yes, but you mustn't grow it. You mustn't collect the seed if you're going to grow it anywhere near any other petunia. No, well, I didn't. Uh, I haven't done that. But the other thing I'd just like to say is we had a stray seedling that didn't get um, put out into the garden and it flowered all through the winter for us in the, uh, oh. under glass. So oh, again, how lovely. It's, it's another plant that just keeps on giving. Yeah. Much like yeah. your good self, Derry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> giving yeah, us all the exciting plants. <laughs> Actually, the thing I most remember you buying from me was you were desperate for Dahlia Murkii Alba. Yep. For, you spent, you had about three years knocking at my door trying to get I that did. plant. Yes, and I finally did. last year, was it last year or the year before, I managed to send year you before. a whole bunch of cuttings. Yeah, you did. It doesn't come from seed, but it's wonderful from cuttings. It is, but I find it a bit shy flowering. I don't know whether Wait till I'm... it gets established. Once it's been right. in the ground for two or three years, it becomes much more generous. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, I believe it. I believe it. Patience is a virtue. I haven't got any, I haven't got any virtues. <laughs> <laughs> Out of interest, Derry, what's your process for discovering the new plants that you're always introducing? I'm just greedy. I just can't see a new plant without trying to grow it. So it doesn't matter where I am, anywhere in the world, if I see something new and different, I'll try to grab a piece of it or a seed or find somebody who has some seed or at least get take a picture and try to get the name and then get somebody else to go get that seed. Some way of collecting. I mean, I've been in on garage forecourts and seen fantastic plants that I had to have, you know, or I, you know, I can be in Germany or America or Chile or Argentina. And if it's a beautiful plant, I'm trying to get a little piece of it somehow. 
<laughs> you always know when, that's the main method. You always know when Derry's around because you're likely to hear, arrest that woman! <laughs> <laughs> I have this great mental image of you like scaling buildings to try and take a cutting. <laughs> she would. <laughs> Mountains, yes. I haven't tried buildings yet. <laughs> How is your streptocarpus window? Oh, it's beautiful again. It had it had three years off, but it's just solid streptocarpus again. Well, I was telling somebody about it the other day because that's one of the most effective ways. I've seen um, streptocarpus grown in this huge window, a bit like a chancel window that you get in a church. And I remember that you had shelves going across horizontally and you had a lovely collection of, of um, streps on there. And I just thought, what a fantastic thing to do. It was great. It's great. But they have those great big long leaves which just get in the way otherwise, but they hang off the shelf. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know when we were doing kind of pre-podcast production emails, you uh, you asked whether or not you were allowed to bring any plants to the party. Ooh, and I, I thoroughly encouraged this. So what did you bring in the end? Well, I brought a huge range. One of my favourite new things, this is an isoplexus. Now, I've grown isoplexus canariensis, uh, which is now supposed to be called digitalis, which is ridiculous. It's an evergreen shrub. It can't be a foxglove. I know it's related, but it's not a digitalis. It's a nisoplectus. I stick with the old name. I'm too old to change the name. Anyway, from my point of view, it's isoplectus. But it's although it looks just like canariensis and has these evergreen, shiny sort of leaves, uh, it's actually a hybrid of uh, isoplectus isabelliana. But it's a new dwarf hybrid because one of the troubles, it's a tender perennial, almost hardy, yeah, I mean, you'd probably get away with it, wouldn't you, Alan? Outside? Can yes, you I would. Isoplexus yeah. outside? Yeah. I've got this outside in the garden, in the Mediterranean garden, and it's been outside for three years. Yeah, great. Yeah. You lucky yeah. man, because they die just, for me in the winter normally. <laughs> well, I just, took, I just took a few cuttings of it just in case the other day. Yeah, yeah. When you take cuttings, do you, have you noticed that sometimes if you go too far down the stem, the stem becomes hollow and then it won't root? Yeah. They're, I find the cuttings quite difficult to root. Yeah, they're yeah. slow. It's yeah. picky. Picky, yeah. <laughs> it's an expensive plant as a result. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the trouble is, for me, being tender, I have to take it into the greenhouse for the winter. Yeah. And they get too big, and they take yes. up too much room, and nobody has a big enough greenhouse. There's no such thing as a big enough greenhouse. <laughs> uh, and so this is wonderful to find a new dwarf form that looks just the same, but it's never going to get so big. This will never get more than a uh, most three foot tall and maybe 18 inches across, which is for me a brilliant thing. So Isoplexus Bella, it's a PBR plant. I have to buy them in and sell them on uh, because they, you know, somebody has to pay the license fee on it. But that's, I think this is a really good new thing if you can bear the fact that it's tender. <laughs> Almost. Tender. Actually, that's an interesting thing because you just, Derry's just said there that it's, an, it's a really good new thing. And quite often when plant breeders have been at it, and they present us with something that they think is wonderful. Really, yeah. growers who know what they're talking about think, eeks, I don't like that. <laughs> and quite often they say, oh, it's a new dwarf compact form. And I go, no, that's not what I want. But actually in the greenhouse, it is what I want. <laughs> Outdoors in the garden, I like them big and enormous, but I can't afford that much space in the greenhouse. So I quite no. like anything that's going to be a bit more compact in the greenhouse. That's why my greenhouse is crammed full of cuttings throughout the winter, just ticking over. Yes, yes. That's the most important use of the greenhouse. What else is new and different? This is new this year. I've never seen this before until, oh, let go. Oh, 
flowers are holding on to each other. Uh, until this until this plant bloomed, I had never seen it before in my life. I only heard about it uh, fairly recently, uh, and I'm going to go and forget the name of it. <laughs> Silene. This is a Silene from North America. It's a prairie plant, and I got very excited when it started blooming. I thought the flower was amazing. It's quite big. It's the most brilliant color imaginable. Uh, it was. It's the second year from seed. It's not the world's most beautiful plant. It's kind of skinny. But hey, well, that's probably my fault for not growing it well enough, and I probably should have given it the Chelsea chop. But I love the flowers. It's been in flower pretty much all summer. But it's a bit like alliums. I mean, it's got a, an, an untidy base to it or untidy yeah. bottom. Cover it up. Yeah, cover it up. Just grow lots more things all around it. Exactly. Give it some friends. Yeah. Um, uh, but it has been in bloom all summer. I've been really chuffed with it. And I put it on Twitter. as, oh, look at this wonderful new thing. And everybody went... Oh, but that's so hard to grow. And it hasn't been hard to grow. What are they talking? Maybe it's hard to grow in the garden, but in pots, mine are so far all in pots. I have a couple I put in the garden, uh, but they haven't yet had the winter in the garden. So that's a really new thing, new for me. Uh, I found this funny little thing in Germany last year. Do you know this, Alan? It's a bigaloia. Say again? <laughs> bigaloia. Bigaloia natalii. And it has these very super fine little leaves at the bottom, thin, thin leaves. Yeah. And the, it's covered all summer in brilliant yellow. This color's fading now. That's as much as it does in terms of flowering. The, the individual flowers are infinitesimal, but because there's so many of them, the whole plant just glows. It looks as though it's lit from, from within. Bigaloia, what's, what's his surname? Bigaloia natalii, Mr. Nuttall's Bigelow, Bigaloia. So it's another prairie plant. I'm finding lots of wonderful new things from the prairies that aren't grasses and aren't big daisies. I've never fed up with all these big yellow daisies. <laughs> I've got too many of them. So it's quite fun to find some little things from the prairie, which one thinks would be terribly hardy. Derry, did I hear a rumor that you've got rid of all your salvias? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> what, what I, I had a 50-foot salvia border, yeah. and I ripped it out, the entire 50 feet, and they're all in bags being sold in the nursery as we speak, and I put in 50 feet of different salvias. <laughs> 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 you can never have enough salvias, but I couldn't grow all of them in the same place, so I had to, I'm trying a new range. I, had a, I have a color theme, so that was brilliant, intense jewel colors, brilliant blues and purples and reds and pinks. And this time it's going to be all apricot and peach and cream and much softer and totally different look, but exactly the same sort of plants. Shrubby, hardy, shrubby salvias. I love them. It's an interesting per perspective on how to grow them as a showstopper, I guess, because I mean, yeah. that's, that border is going to look stunning. But yeah. you've got to be very strict. Yeah. Oh, I am really strict. And yeah, I give them, I, I prune them incredibly hard in the spring. Yeah. And I give them a good uh, tidy up maybe twice in the summer. And the whole, that 50 foot, you walk in and just like, whoop. it's only, a, it's one single line, 50 feet long of multicolored salvias. Fabulous. Yeah. Most people are scared to give them a prune in the summer, I find. Um, you know, that if they, if they come to the garden and they see me pruning salvias, they say, what are you doing? You're taking all the flowers off. Well, yes, but I mean, for three to five weeks, I'm going to be without flowers. But then, boy, does it go off again? You can do that. Uh, give it a hard prune and uh, 
lose your month of flowers and then they do come back again really well. But I just go in and I, uh, I take more time with it, I'm afraid. I uh, cut out all the long spindly bits that just have yeah. two flowers at the top. I cut yeah. all those out and leave, I leave the younger shoots there. So it carries on flowering. But That's they never flower as well in the heat of the summer. Weirdly, no. even though they love heat, they flower yeah. better in the cooler weather at the beginning and the end of summer. It's so like that ridiculous salvia, uh, the red and white one, hot lips. Yeah. And that changes color depending on yes, the it temperature does. or the day length of one or the other. Yeah. 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 I'm a bit worried my other half's um, going to be listening because um, I keep telling him I can't cut the salvias back because they're, they're encroaching on the path. And I keep saying, oh, I can't cut them back when they're in flower. <laughs> It's just it's not what you do. He's in the next room and I'm going to be completely found out now. <laughs> no, you've got to do it the way Derry does it, which I think is such a good tip. I mean, I honestly do. And that is to go over your bushes in a more gentle manner than perhaps I do. And that is to follow the, the stems back with those wispy little flowers on, cut those out yeah. and leave the new shoots. Then all yeah, the energy have the time. Into, into the yeah. new shoots. Yeah. Derry, can yeah. I ask yeah. what you've, what, and varieties, what cultivars you've put into your new planting? Ribbon Bell, uh, Heat Wave Glimmer, uh, uh, peach, peach Cobbler, Peach Parfait. Uh, I put just a few Royal Bumble because I thought it, I don't want to be too sappy. You know, it's <laughs> a little bit, you know, uh, uh, I can't wrap it. And I think there's one or two others, but that's the basic theme. Oh, it sounds delicious. So what else do you have lurking? What else do we have here? We have another salvia, of course. This was new to me last year. Uh, this is from Ronaldo, the wonderful Argentinian who found uh, salvia uh, Amistad, which, as Monty Don says, is the world's best salvia. There's no <laughs> stopping it. The In fact, I have to tell you quickly a little trick about Amistad. Everybody thinks it might be a bit tender because I keep losing them in the winter. I don't think it's tender at all. It's the slugs that eat it because the shrubby salvias that we've been talking about, slugs are not interested. They're, they have a woody structure that stays there and the slugs ignore them completely. Uh, but herbaceous salvias, and Amistad is herbaceous, which die right down to the ground. The first inch of growth as it comes out of the ground is slug fodder. They love it. They will come from miles around to eat salvia amistad or salvia patens as it comes out of the ground. If you put three slug pellets down, organic slug pellets, in February, love your slugs on Valentine's Day, <laughs> then you will definitely, I swear, I promise you, unless we get minus 15 degrees, you're gonna get salvia amistad through the winter and the next year it will be six feet tall. It's incredible. They're six foot, mine are all, I've got about six of them, six foot tall, four foot across. They're still completely smothered in flowers. They'll die to the ground in the winter. I'll go out in February with my slug pellets and they'll be right back up there by uh, June. It's great. Anyway, from the, <laughs> from the man who brought you Amistad, this one's called Amina. And uh, it's hard to see, it's a little bit going over now, but it's got lots and lots and lots of little blue flowers on wonderful long, quite airy stems. I don't know, trying to disentangle them. They all like each other too much. But you see, they grow, they have just a few flowers. I can't really see what you can see, but you get the general gist. It's an airy plant. I think it's probably tender. It's turning a lovely purple color. You see all these purple leaves. Um, it got through last winter, no problem in the garden, but then I don't expect it to get through next winter. Can I just ask you a question, Derry? 
Chuck, what do you know that we don't? Because, I mean, it, this winter could be as, as mild as last winter. Yeah. It could be. It could be. But we've had two in a row been quite mild, Yeah, I think. And I, I, I don't That's know. I just lucky. I don't trust it. No. <laughs> it's very, very unusual for us to have such a mild winter. I mean, this is a cold garden. I keep thinking this because obviously last winter I'd lifted some dahlias and obviously it was really mild. This winter I'm like, sod it, they're all staying in. And of course it's going to be really cold. Yeah. That's, what I, Actually, that's what I feel like. Yeah. I don't know whether the, maybe the winters are getting a bit shorter as well, because the, I've left my dahlias, most of my dahlias in for a good six or seven years now through some quite hard winters and they were fine. Oh, good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not all of them, but most of them. I think you're absolutely right. The, the winters are getting shorter and the autumns are getting longer. The autumn uh, are definitely getting longer. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. I used to expect a frost in October because I have I open the garden for the NGS every third Thursday of the month, the last time being in October. And I used to be terrified that we're going to have frost before the third Thursday of October. That never happens anymore. No. It hasn't happened exactly. for 10 years. Yeah. 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 Derry, do you have any other plants loitering in your room? I have a few others. <laughs> very strangely for me i have a subtle one i'm not a really subtle person i really like flowers well this has flowers but they're subtle flowers they're sort of gray white cre creamy white maybe might be better so another silene still haven't remembered the name of the red one. Oh, it's silene regia it's just come to me the brilliant red salvia is silene regia uh just so you know this one is uh not a species although it looks like a species or at least I, it came under a varietal name, not a species name. It's called Silene confetti. Uh, and it's incredibly quick. It's not an annual, but this was first year from seed, this plant, just quite a respectable plant here, uh, with these tiny little flowers, myriad of them, so they sort of move about in the wind. And most people don't see it, but keen garden people often do see it. Silene confetti. So I thought that was really nice. That's from... Uh, uh, the Beth, Chat Beth Chatto's nursery. That was cute. <laughs> and here's one that is an annual. It's looking a bit the worse for wear. It's had too much weather. We've had too much wind and rain for it. This is a little annual companion called Patula, which is very airy fairy, loads of flowers. It's one of those plants that once it decides to seed itself, you get the best plants you've ever seen in your life. Two or three of them have sowed themselves up in the nursery at the base of uh, some uh, poles that connect one thing and another and they have sat there all summer looking divine and I can't move them because they're uh, stuck into the mypex in this anyway for whatever reason this has been so cute Companula <laughs> patula it's actually a, a British native but you, they never flower this much in real life I don't think when they're in the wild but if you grow them on purpose and you're nice to them they're incredibly flowery for a long long time with very airy fairy again light delicate habit they have oh it's a beautiful yeah. color yeah nice color the flowers are looking quite shabby compared to how good they would look if they hadn't been bashed about so <laughs> and finally i've got one more uh this is another i think pbr plant uh but the foliage is so beautiful on this it just shimmers black uh this is an astilbe uh astilbe chocolate shogun I'm not very keen on a stilbies normally. They have very, very puffy flowers, which are usually shocking pink. Candy, candy, you know, what is it called? That, you know. Candy floss. Candy floss pink, <laughs> exactly. They look like candy floss, fluffy, fluffy, big, 
heads of candy floss. And I don't like that color. Uh, but this has a very soft pale pink flower, uh, which I quite like, especially against the very dark foliage. But even if it never flowered, that would be fine by me. That glossy uh, shimmering satin black, I absolutely love. It does need a lot of moisture, but it is hardy. I mean, all stilbes need a lot of moisture. They would, they dry up, the leaves will shrivel if they haven't got plenty of uh, juice down below. But that's, that's really, that's been a lovely plant this far. I, I think I'm a, and occasionally I get keen on foliage. It's pretty statuesque as well. And, and the flower spike looks like now it's gone over and it's all brown. It's, it's got a whole new life. It looks yeah, beautiful. It has a whole new life. It has, yeah, you, you wouldn't mind that st standing in the garden all winter long. And it does seem to stand up quite well. This is the f first year that it's flowered well. Last year is the first, this was the first plant I ever had. And it only had a sort of miserable little flower last year. So I'm pleased with it this year. Yeah, that's that's a real stunner. It's funny because uh, all the way through your show and tell, I've seen Alan jotting things down. So I think there might be some uh, some flow mo going on <laughs> over <laughs> East Ruston Old Vicarage. Well, there is. There always is with Derry though, because I mean, she just comes up with such marvelous new plants. And if um, if you're a teensy weensy bit like Derry, and I am a little bit like Derry, I just gotta have it. <laughs> you gotta have it. Gotta have it. Your hands begin to itch. Nothing's gonna yes. get in your way. <laughs> I mean, in some respects, you may be born to be on this podcast, Derry, because the whole FLOMO feature, perhaps because Alan and I are a little bit greedy, that's where it came from. The <laughs> idea that you see something in someone's garden or a magazine or Instagram or Twitter and you just want it. Yeah. That's or a garage forecourt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I did see my FLOMO on your Twitter ages ago. Um, Lathyrus nervosus, the rare Lord Anson's pea. Ooh. That I, I'm gonna. I, I tend to just sell, kind of sow home collected sweet pea seed, but I'm gonna have yes. to get this because it looks lovely. You know more about it, so tell us a bit about it. It's not the world's easiest thing to grow. It uh, grows in. I'm sorry to say that. I shouldn't say that because I sell the seeds. I only. I have very few seeds because I, I. I can. I can only sell the seeds that I collect and. My, because I'm not very good at growing it. I don't get very many seeds, but it is beautiful. I mean, the foliage and the flower, the, that blue-gray is just fantastic color. It grows in the shingle by the sea uh, in somewhere far away, Magellan Straits, maybe someplace like that. I don't know, far away. Uh, and it really requires perfect drainage. It wants to grow in gravel. And it, it, I'm growing mine in deep gravel and it's quite happy quite happy but I don't know that it ever does I mean I've never seen one in the real world I've never seen I mean a wild one so I don't think they ever get very big uh mine sprawls about at ground level it probably it doesn't want to climb but I could support it better I think that would help it if I could, if I got it up off the ground I think it would be good for it because it's probably a little too wet I expect we get too much rain I have a fairly rainy garden I mean, we're quite close to Wales and I might like you better, Alan. Do you grow Lathyrus nervosus? I have grown it, yes, but I didn't know that it likes to grow in almost pure gravel. And I've just, I've, well, I've written I've made, that down. Yeah, I've written that down too. And I've made a, a, a you know, resolution that I shall grow it next year yeah, and we will yeah. try it in gravel. Um, Great. And I just sort of thought, suddenly thinking that, you know, a few little hazel tweaks around it and just to yes. help it up off the ground might be good. I think that would be good. I think it wants more air circulation than I get yeah. it when it's growing flat on the gravel in the rain. 
Yes. Uh, I, and I, I think lifting it up would be good. It's beautiful. But if you grow it and manage to grow it well, could I have some seed, please? You can. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> What's what's your flomo dairy? Well, the thing I'm desperately trying to grow, I'm sort of halfway there. I have some plants, but they don't seem to be growing. <laughs> uh, is uh, Nectarascordum tripidale or tri tripidale 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 tripidale? Did you grow that? Yeah. Yes. Now tell me about this plant. <laughs> is it a winter grower or something? Let me just tell you the stupid story. I got them in March from a nursery that was closing down. He had a box full of seedlings. They were beautiful, all in full growth. I get this box full of seedlings. Like, oh, look at these lovely bulbs. I'll pot them all up. I potted them all up, loads of them. And they all disappeared immediately, but immediately, not a single green leaf all summer long. I thought, my God, they've all died. They've all rotted. I just saw one come up the other day. I have a, yeah. I have my first Tripidale leaf after nine months <laughs> and I tipped them out of the pots and most of them are fine. They're there, but they were dormant from March to October. Is that normal? No. Well, I think, yes, I think, well, no. Um, yes, I think probably it is. Not normal for, for, for a bulb that lives in the ground the whole time because um, with us, they start poking through quite early um, right. And they flower, I think, probably April, May, that sort of time. Oh, right. And then they go to bed for the summer. And then they go to bed so for the I just summer. Got them. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So left they them estimate. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, you didn't know that. It's no. like the first time I ever grew um, the, the Aerometallicums. You know, there's fancy hybrids with all those kind of crazy um, shapes and, and colours on the leaves. When I yeah. sowed my first lot, they all came up with green leaves and I threw them out because that's not until, <laughs> <laughs> not until the second year they make their colour. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the white flowered, uh, the variegated uh, Lunaria. The first yeah. year they're completely green. And people yeah. bring me up and say, you sold me these crap seeds. They're no good. <laughs> and I have to say, just wait a minute. Give it a year. It's that patience yeah. thing again. Yeah. Yeah. So that is encouraging, Alan, to know even you will will do things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so are they easy to grow, these tripodellies? Are they happy? Yes, I mean, the they're fine. They're fine. They just come up and they do their stuff. They've got some big heads of hanging sort of green and pink bells. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Absolutely fine. I just thought that was so beautiful. I saw it in a garden and I had to have that. My God, I was... Are you selling it? Well, I've got lots of young, young bulbs. I don't know that they're flowering size yet, but they're getting on for an inch, three quarters yeah. of an inch. Alan's <laughs> been encouraging people to try growing things from seed they wouldn't normally like tulips. Uh, Alan's, <laughs> hey, uh, what is it? I think your video is um, a project for a patient person on our, our yeah. YouTube yeah. channel. And lots of people yeah. I think have been inspired to start trying, um, you know, tulip sprengeri from seed and things like that. Tulip aspringeri is the most incredible plant. Once it, once it gets going, it seeds like crazy. I couldn't get over it. I have thousands from, and I only, I got my first ones less, oh, seven or eight years ago. And I have beautiful, a stand, a proper stand of, I can't get over how well it seeds. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think most people's problem with it is that they tend to weed out the seedlings. Yeah. Um, I, Are I they look like to, grass? Yeah, they do. They look like exactly yeah. like grass. Yeah. And I know somebody that grows it between her bearded irises 
And she says, I'm meticulous about weeding between the bearded irises and I always leave the tulips. And we have this massive display of, of a tulip spranger eye. And she says, it's absolutely Amazing. fabulous. Wow. She said she was going to send me some, but she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they're hard to get out of the ground. They're quite deep. It's hard, And they're small bulbs. It's hard to find yes, them in the are. ground. Yeah, I've, I've grown it from seed and I, I mean, I think I, I left my, I sowed my seed in a deep seed tray, covered it with gravel and forgot about it. Um, and I yeah. think I went, I went back after the second year in summer and we, we, yeah. you know, sifted through it. And I mean, the, yeah. they were tiny, tiny bulbs. Um, yeah. And you, you know, it's like when you, when you buy some species tulips, the bag arrives, you open it up and you think, well, what the hell is this? You know, a tulip bulb should be, bulb should be plump and fat like a light bulb. Yeah. This isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. species no. for you. Mm. yeah yeah no they're really beautiful i was really mine strangely your bearded iris lady hers are clearly growing in full sun mine are That's growing un underneath a deciduous tree in quite in the summer anyway in complete shade yeah so they're amazingly adaptable yeah, yes really, they are really well, versatile Terry, you can say that for most plants <laughs> just try it. I know that's yeah. not what the book says, but just try it. <laughs> Two chances, live or die. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alan, I mean, aside from almost all the plants that Derry has mentioned over the last half an hour, what else is your flomo? Well, my flomo came as a question yesterday for, um, via email from Vanessa, and Vanessa Scott is a great friend of ours who's, who's a marvelous cook and all the rest of it. Um, and she emailed me, said, could you do a plant ident? And, and Ian and I managed to, to sort it out. Ian was first on, on the case, I have to say, because I'd been busy. But it was a, a climber called Billadaria longifolia, which comes from Tasmania. And this I've always known as a very tender plant. Um, and she has a friend who has it in her garden somewhere near Swaffham. And um, well, it's North Norfolk, so it's quite fairly cold. Wow. Um, yeah. it, every year it just provides these masses of these purpley blue shiny fruit uh, and it's truly spectacular and I suddenly thought well if, if they can grow outside I'm going to have a go as well Yeah. so yeah. that is my yeah. flomo so I'm going to get that if I can find one to buy it's, everybody seems to be sold out of it at the moment if I can find one to buy before the spring I'll keep it in the greenhouse over the winter and not put it out until you know the frosts are passed in yeah. the spring wow great that sounds wonderful always back your luck yeah. After all of that, Flomo, the only thing we've got left to do is answer one quick question that came in to us from the Reading Room Garden, who are based in Yorkshire, who said, can you please remind me what these beauties are? And they sent a picture of a pink flower that I'm fairly certain Alan can identify very easily. They would like to get some for the garden at the Reading Room. Uh, Alan, what is the plant in question and how should they go about growing it? Well, it's our good old friend, Nerine, Nerini, Nerini, Bodenii. <laughs> <laughs> and it is one of the stars of autumn, really. It, it needs a, a sunny position. And I always think it's a, like a, the bulbs are like ladies going out in evening dress because they have their, their top shoulders are showing off. And they have to be above the ground to get the heat of the sun on them to get maximum flower power. But other than that, they're very easy. If you plant them too deep, they'll gradually push their way out and push their snouts out of the ground until they can get the sunshine that they desire. But they're absolutely lovely if you've got a hot, sunny spot. But again, we mentioned plants being adaptable. I know a very shady garden in the middle of Norwich, and they have underneath this um, 
laurel. It's a Portuguese laurel. Underneath the Portuguese laurel, there's this wonderful oh. strand of nerines every autumn. So, oh my God. Just give them full sun. Treat them rough, tell them nothing, and they'll say, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and for anyone who wants to branch out from that, from Badenii, which is obviously the most prevalent one, I mean, you, I know your garden's now shut to the public, but I have noticed over the years all kinds of more tender, special ones that you tend to keep under glass. Yeah, we've got a little collection over the years that we've sort of, you know, you you see one, it's a bit, Derry will know what I'm saying, because you see one colour and you, then you see another one, which is anything that's got slightly lurid tones to it, like purples and greys and things, I'm there, whoa, where'd you get that? Must have it. Um, so you, you try and find it. Sometimes it hurts your pocket, I have to say, because some of these things can be quite expensive. But, you know, it's better than wasting your money on a bottle of whiskey, I think. So I'd rather give me a plant any time. Um, and uh, I think that, um, you know, there's also a lot more nerines that are not so tender that we can grow in our gardens that are coming to the fore. There's um, a really shocking pink one called Azil Giant, which is really yeah. shocking pink, very tall. And Azil Giant has sisters um, that were grown really for the um, Dutch cut flower market. And they grow acres and acres of these things to cut them in bud and send them over to various countries, us included, um, for cut flowers. And we are now getting a few of those. I think there's um, something called Anastasia, um, which is a paler pink variety. There's also cross um, nerines and Amaryllis belladonna. I was just um, about to ask, is that like an amarine or something? Yeah, an amarine. Amarine. Yeah, an amarine. Or is it amarine? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do hope so. <laughs> it depends. I tell you what, it depends on how precious you are. <laughs> Can you grow amarines outside? Yes. I've got amarine howardii. Yeah. Howard, Mr. Howard, howardii. Yeah. Um, I've got it in three places in the garden and it's blooming now. Great. Just look at it. Great. And just a, one of them is just about to flower. It's a it's a yeah. chunky chap, isn't it? I mean, it's much. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really nice. And, and Amarini or Amarini tubigenii, we've had outside mm -hmm. for at the base of a warm wall, but it's been outside for seven or eight years, something like that. Right. I'm going to put mine out next spring. Yeah. Don't blame me, kiddo. <laughs> I was just heading to Jane Ann Walton's Instagram, who was on the podcast last week, because um, I know she'd been raving about her amarines, calling them basically nerines on steroids, which I think is a pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. apt description. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. But I can't see from her photos whether hers are, are in the garden or not to contribute, but they do look absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> And on that note, thank you so much. Before we go, can I just ask Derry a question? Yes. yes. When does your next catalogue come out? <laughs> I'm writing it. What? I'm, I'm writing it on this desk where I'm standing right now. All right, I am yeah. writing that catalogue. But we did a double printing last year, so we're only going to print the new seeds this year. You have right. to use last year's catalogue with a little addendum that I'll yeah. send you this year at Christmas time. It's your next best Christmas present. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we all know what Alan Gray will be reading in bed on Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Derry, Great. thank you very much. Hopefully you'll come back again sometime soon with loads more wonderful plants to share. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Talk to you.
Happy Love you, Steve Derry. Bye bye. Hey, Fordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.